0: promises of God are yes and amen. The promises of God are yours for the taking. And what's been on my heart for, for over, for over a week now is honestly, when I, when I heard my dad preaching about access points, it just touched my heart so strongly. I started thinking about what access points. If anybody doesn't know who my dad is, my dad is Rick Renner. So I was wondering, what are these access points? And I was just thinking about that and thinking about that and thinking about that. And, you know, when the Lord has you on a thought, continue to chew. Amen? You know, a cow has five stomachs. And when the word of God says meditate, it means you're chewing, you're chewing, you're chewing, you have processed in one stomach, you go to the other and the other and the other and the other, and, the other. and you begin to chew. So if you wake up in the morning and there's a thought in your head, gets a clue, chew. Just chew on that thought. Think about that thought. Think about songs that are about that thought, and do not let that thought leave you. Do not let anything distract you. So that thought was in my mind for like a week. It was like, what is the access point? This evil access point, this tricky access point that that maybe the devil uses to stop revival and blessing in our life. And when I think about it, it's a great sin. When I say it, you're going to probably think, no, that's not really a bad sin. But the Lord reminded me of this access point when I was in Seattle. And uh, I honestly saw the strangest and the funniest healing I've ever seen in my life. This woman walks up to me and says, my nose can't, I can't breathe through my nostrils. And I'm like, no problem, we'll deal with that. No problem, Jesus is the healer. And so I'm praying in songs from holding her nose like this. I pray for about two minutes and I say, how's that? And she goes. That'll do. Thank you. I, my mouth dropped open. I was like, oh. And then she goes. Works. Thank you. I felt like I was doing a business transaction or something. It was so weird. It was so weird. And, and, and it took me off guard. And I'm like, woman, raise your hands. Glorify Jesus. I mean, come on. She's like, thank you. And she just didn't get it. And the Lord told me, remember the ten lepers. Remember. The ten lepers. And so then again, start chewing on those lepers. (laughs) Chewing on that. (laughs) That's a weird way to put it, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Start chewing on that place of scripture. So I want you to open up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Luke 17. (laughs) Guys, I'm a little weird, but so are you, so do not judge. (laughs) All right, so... This is what it says. Verse 1. And I'm going to read in the Passion Translation because I've fallen in love with this translation. But remember what I said. God said, remember the ten lepers. And so I opened up this chapter and it says, Jesus traveled onward to Jerusalem and passed through the border region between Samaria and Galilee. Now, when I see places, specific places, in the Bible, that's a clue to me that I need to understand why he was going there. And honestly, I've never known who the Samaritans were. I've heard Samaritans' Purse, I've heard parables about the Samaritans. I've I've heard it all, but I've really never known who the Samaritans were. So, I'm going to open that up to you because it blew me away today. It blew me away when I started thinking about who the Samaritans were and the fact that Jesus was talking to a Samaritan, what that meant to the Samaritan and what that did to the Jewish culture, period. Because it was mind-blowing. It was like a paradigm shift. So it says that he was on the border region between Samaria and Galilee. And here's what I have to say to you. That Jesus was not just casually passing through Samaria and Galilee. Amen? And I'm going to tell you right now that you're not casually passing through your life. Every day, you're on a mission from Christ to change the world. Every day, Christ on the inside of you, the hope of glory is shining bright, and you can be a beacon to the rest of the world. Guys, it's on the inside of me so much right now. The miracles are not just for the church. Miracles are for the outside. The days of revival happening just to the church is over. But the days for you going out into the world on a mission like Jesus did on the border of Samaria, which was forbidden, by the way. But he was ready to do what was forbidden for the sake of others. He was ready to do what would be criticized, what would be scrutinized for the sake of others, as you will see. Because if you understand where he's going, He's breaking all Jewish tradition. Jesus is breaking the tradition of his fathers when he goes through Samaria. Let me tell you why. Samaritans, Samaritans came originally from Ephraim and from Manasseh. Those were the sons of Joseph, and they became a tribe. You know that, right? So that's originally who they are, and that's where they came from. So they are as Jewish as Jewish can be. Amen? They're very Jewish, right? But in the time of Eli, when the southern kingdom split from the northern kingdom, and what I mean by that is when David stayed in his kingdom, but Saul took the other part of Israel, they started warring against each other. Strife happened, and the Samaritans, or the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh, got offended and got hurt. And when that happened, there was a dispute among them. And listen very carefully to me when I say this. Strife always brings confusion. Strife always brings confusion. And another thing that happens, when strife comes, religion is right at your door. When you are in a place of strife, you're in a place of ungratefulness, but you're also in a place of of where you're going to go the way religion will tell you to go. You're going to bypass the word of God or you're going to bypass the plan of God because you got into strife. Are you hearing me? So here's what they got into strife about. They got into strife about, this is the mountain that we worship. Judah said the mountain that we worship on is Mount Zion, right? They said Mount Gerizim, which is also located in Israel. And so they fought against each other and they became arch enemies. That's religion, guys. What the devil wants to do is he wants to create a situation where you go against each other. And then there's division. And then there's religion. Turn to your neighbor and say, not in my life. Not in my life. Just this week, there was a lot of issues, a lot of thoughts. And and I heard a little murmur, a little murmur in the house. And honestly, me and Ella helped each other, so she helped me too. Because <laughs> she said, Philip, smile. 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 <laughs> Philip, smile now. <laughs> smile. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not smiling, I'm not smiling, I'm not smiling. But then it's like... <laughs> The smile comes out. And she started, she started murmuring just a little bit. I stopped her. I said, Don't go there. That's religion. Has God forgotten about us? Does God not hear our cry? That is religion. The truth is, Psalm 3.3, 3, whenever my head is down, he lifts it up. That's the truth. Whenever I read that scripture, I just go, Whoa. and you know what it also says in the same scripture? It says he lifts up my head. And when I think he lifts up my head, I think, whew, I'm going. Nothing's stopping me. Nothing's stopping me. Because the King of Glory is on the inside of me. And as believers, we don't walk like this. We lift up our head, we put our shoulders back, and we say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. There is so much power in a smile, guys. Smile. Oh, come on. Some of you guys don't even do it. Just a smile! You know, there's actually a chemical reaction in your body that happens when you smile. And you know what it's called? Happiness! Joy! The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're going through a bad day, you just smile. You just smile. Just smile. Just give God the glory. So getting back to this this message the Samaritans were like half-breeds and so when a Jew looked at a Samaritan he was like Egh. like you're the half-breed there was racial issues there was territorial issues but God is so cool because God walks straight through Samaria that tells me that God could care less about racial issues. That tells me that God could care less about territorial issues. That tells me that God could care less about doctrinal issues. Because the church of Christ has to be united. And when the church of Christ is united, without spot, without wrinkle, that is when the glory of God will shine like never before. And that is this church. That is us. Jesus walks straight through and completely annihilated religion because when it says right there it says the next verse says when the lepers saw them they stayed at a dif- at a distance they're like oh my gosh he's a Jew he's a Jew especially the Samaritan among their group they're like no 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 that, that guy's a Jew we, we can't touch him they also stayed away because it was against the law to touch anybody otherwise you would be stoned if you were a leper right so they're staying away but I love this. They're crying out to God. They're crying out to God. Let's read it together. Verse 12. As he entered one village, ten men approached him, but they kept their distance, for they were lepers. They shouted to him, Mighty Lord, our wonderful Master, won't you have mercy on us and heal us? When Jesus stopped to look at them, he spoke these words, Go to be examined by the Jewish priests. They set off and they were healed while they were walking along the way. Notice, Jesus did not even touch them. But he did tell them to do something. Amen? So sometimes in church, a lot of times, we just want God to touch us. But we don't want to make the adjustments in our life so that God can touch us. God told them, go to the priests. And I was thinking about that for the Samaritan. The Samaritan was like, the priest? He hates me. He literally hates me. I'm the half-breed. When I walk into the the temple, he's like, oh my gosh, there's a Samaritan again. There's the half-breed again. There's And so that's what he would be dealing with. And so can you imagine the faith that he would have to have to go into the temple? I don't know who the others were, but I'm talking about the Samaritan right now. Because the Samaritan would have to risk his reputation to go into the temple. So he's doing something that is hard. I'm telling you something that God will ask you to do things that is going to be hard. If you think this is just going to be a walk in the park, you're mistaken. You're mistaken. Because, Because God is going to ask you to risk your reputation. God is going to ask you to do things financially that just don't make sense. Like, God, give. I don't have any money. How can I give? Give. Give. The ravens are coming. Oh, the Holy Spirit was on that one. The ravens are coming. Come on, clap, 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 clap. Come on, lift your hands with me. The ravens are coming. The raisin are coming. The raisins? No. The ravens. The ravens. Man, I need to learn English. <laughs> Maybe somebody likes raisins. But the ravens. <laughs> the ravens are coming. The ravens are coming. You're sitting the first time in church you heard the raisins are coming. (laughs) The ravens. Flap, flap. They're coming. They're coming. Because when you step out of your mindset and you get into God's mindset, you step into the realm of miracles, guys. You step into the realm of the supernatural. You step into the realm of faith. And you step into a place that is impenetrable for the devil. You know what's been on my heart for like two weeks? I said this during prayer, and I've never said this before. I'm telling you guys, you've got to go to prayer. At 12 and at 1, it'll blow you up on the inside. Because people say things under, this, under the spirit that, that they don't say. I talk in prayer the way I do not talk in real life. And I was praying, and I was, and this teaching started coming out of me, and it was like tongues are impenetrable. The devil understands every single language on earth. The only language that he does not understand is. So you can be going, ba ba so you are praying out of your future, and he's like, "What is going on? I don't know what he's saying. I don't know." Demon, can you translate that? No, it's the spirit. We don't have any right in the spirit. We don't have any rights there. That's why the devil wants to kick tongues out of the church. That's why it's being fought against so strong right now. Because it's a language of the spirit. And it's impenetrable. It cannot be penetrated by Satan's works. Because you are speaking spirit. And the devil has no right in the spirit. Come on, just pray with me a little bit. I can hear someone thinking, what about my mortgage? What about the mortgage? What about the money for my house. God is telling you, I'm going to take care of you, honey. I'm going to take care of you. Do not worry. You know, I think there's a beautiful thing. And that's Isaiah 55:11 that says, your thoughts are not my thoughts, your ways are not my ways, right? But then the New Testament says, we have the mind of Christ. So there's a huge switch because when you become saved when you give your life to the Lord you have the ability something is awakened on the inside of you and if you if you stir yourself up if you put yourself in the word in the word of God it doesn't happen automatically I wish it did But pastor talks about it all the time it's a fight it's a fight it's a fight and we have the victory because it says this faith has overcome the world. It's not overcoming. It has overcome. It's a done deal. Just see that what's ever in your head right now. Just close your eyes for a second. Whatever's in your head right now, maybe a difficulty, maybe, maybe a situation, maybe a healing, something, just say, God, that's a done deal. That's a done deal. That's just done not dealing with that anymore because in the spirit everything has already been taken care of everything has already been taken care of and it's just a matter of your mindset connecting with God's mindset and when you connect power when you connect revelation when you connect healing When you connect, you understand I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I read the coolest verses this morning. It's Romans 8. Sorry, Romans 9. And I do believe it's verse 26. In the Passion Translation, it says, those who say you're a nobody, people kind of say we're nobodies sometimes, right? We hear that? You're the devil kind of telling you, you're a nobody, like no good, nothing's going to work out, and all that. Listen to the scripture. This blew me away. I was like, I'll take that one. I totally take that one. And it says, verse 26, the Passion Translation, in the place where they were told, they, you, you are a nobody. This will be the very place where they will be renamed children of the living God. God has renamed you. If the world named you a loser, God renamed you and said, child of the living God. No longer a slave to fear, but resurrection power is on the inside of you. That's powerful. You are a child of the living God, and you have that authority on the inside of you. And so when Jesus told these lepers he said go there was an application there was something they they were supposed to do it says that on the way before they got there they were already healed i'm telling you guys we are in the time where on the way home you will be healed on the way to church you're gonna get your miracle so you can come to church and say i'm already healed i'm already healed i'm already healed on the way praying for somebody they're already healed We are in a time of miracles. Shout it out with me. Say, I'm in a time of miracles. And we're in a time where on the way, you're not even there yet, but on the way, your miracle takes, takes place. Your miracle takes place. Just, Just receive that with me right now. On the way, on the way to the grocery store, healing. On the way to the bank, money comes. On the way, access. Say access with me. Access, one more time, say access. Access. Access to the throne room. 24-7, access to the throne room. Access to the throne room. Ephesians 2.18, it says, through the Father, through the Son, through the Holy Spirit, we have access. No one can get on my phone unless they have access to my password. There's power in here. Information is in here. Information that will bless you. Your access code is the blood of Jesus Christ. And every time, and every time you're going through something, every time you don't feel like it's a great day, your access is the blood of Jesus Christ. I plead the blood. Come on, do it with me right now. Just lift your hands and plead the blood. Plead the blood. Plead the blood. Somebody's grandma in the hospital right now. God is healing her. God's taking care of her. Don't worry about it. Plead the blood. Plead the blood. Plead the blood. I'm telling you, we are in a time where on the way, we're going to see the miracle. Say that with me. On the way, I'm going to see my miracle. I'm going to see my miracle. One more time. On the way, before I get there, when I least expect it, it's not in my plans at all. I'm going to get more than I bargained for. Amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Verse 15. One of them, a foreigner from Samaria, when he discovered that he was completely healed, turned back to find Jesus, shouting out joyous praises and glorifying God. See, that's the heart of someone who's thankful, someone who is grateful. Amen? Someone who is grateful is always gonna have access to the throne room of God. And one of the access points that the devil wants to try to get on in the inside of you is murmuring. God, when is it gonna happen? God, God, you forgot about me. God, God, I'm still sick. God, this is your fault. I'll just tell you something. The only person who is listening to you in that moment and you're empowering is the devil. God is looking down. Wake up! I've already done it! Come on, wake up! Wake up! The cross is a completed work of God. You're down there, and you're down like, Oh, Jesus, help me! Oh, Jesus, your mercy, your mercy, your mercy, your mercy! He's like, covenant, covenant, covenant! Covenant! Blood, 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 blood. It's already done. It's already done. God does not need your pity party. Turn to your neighbor and say, God does not need your pity party. So turn to your other neighbor and say, Stop it. Well, I'm going to slap you. No, don't do that. <laughs> but God does not need our pity party. You know what God needs? God needs us to proclaim the promises. Because when we start proclaiming the promises... Well, there's a scripture on the inside of me that burns recently. It burns. And it's it's Proverbs 4, 22. 22 through 24, actually. But what it says is, if I keep the word of God in my eyes, if I keep the word of God in my ears, if I keep the word of God in my mouth, if it's written on my heart, then it brings alignment and health to my whole body. Alignment and health to my whole body. We are in a time Where God is aligning the church correctly. He is correcting the church so that he can come in his glory. Amen. We're in a time where miracles are not just going to happen in the church. They're going to happen in the world. Because it was Jesus' custom. It was what he wanted to do. He did not just casually go through Samaria. He had a purpose. Every day you are alive, you have a purpose. You have a mission on high. You have a... Mission from Jesus Christ, and it is to conquer, it is to be an overcomer, and it is to bless others. This is your mission, this is who you are, this is the authority that you carry on the inside. This is why you are a beacon to the rest of the world. This is why you cannot hide the light because the light, the light, if you try to hide the light, it's gonna burn your hand. It's just too hot, it's just too hot. And that's what the prophet said. He said, this fire is like fire shut up in my bones and I can't contain it. So I got to speak it. Say, I can't contain it. So I got to speak it. One more time. Say, I can't contain it. So I got to speak it. One more time. I can't contain it. So I got to speak it. The Samaritan could not contain his joy. We are in a time. Where we will not be able to contain our joy any longer we are in a time where we are going to see miracles we're already there we are already there god is moving in the earth stronger than he ever has in every in, in any other century god is moving in this earth stronger than ever and all you have to do is connect to the power of God that is on the inside of you because we are living in the last of the last days where Jesus said that the things that I do, you will do even more. That's what the Bible says. And the same anointing that Jesus had is on the inside of you. Just as much as God loved Jesus, God loves you. You didn't get chipped at all. In fact, you got overly blessed. You got overly blessed. And this guy, The Samaritan, he figures it out. Whoa, whoa, I'm healed. I am healed. The other nine, the other nine for some reason don't come back. And unfortunately, this is a very, very prophetic picture of why one person receives a touch from the Lord and another person says, I tried the Bible and it didn't work. I tried faith and it didn't work. Because when God touches you, he's a father. Fathers like to be hugged. I love it when I come home and I hear both of my girls and they're running towards me. And then they jump on me and then I go, oh, that hurt, but I love you. (laughs) And then I, daddy, 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 daddy. It's just like, oh. I fall on my bed. They're on me and they're jumping on me. And all I want to do is I want want to hug him. That's what the Father wants to do with us every single day. He just wants to give you a hug. He just wants relationship. And he just wants you to be grateful for the cross. He wants you to believe what his word says. Ephesians 2.18 says access. He wants you to believe. Isaiah 8:10 when it says the devil can try all the strategies in the world. It says he can there's translations that say that all of the all of the army councils, all the strategic SWAT plans that he can plan, he can throw at you. But it says that God is fighting for you. God is fighting for you. And if God is for you, then who can be such a powerful presence. Such a powerful presence of God in this place. Listen to this heart. Listen to this heart of worship. When he found Jesus, he fell down at his feet and thanked him over and over. It's not like the woman in Seattle who said, thanks, that'll do. No, it's Jesus. I love you. Jesus, I adore you. Jesus, the only one that I'll sing to. The only one I'll lift my hands to. My provider, way maker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that's who you are. And when that happens, when you start saying stuff, he's like, oh, boy, oh, boy, I'm going to bless him. I'm going to bless him. I am going to bless him so much. It's going to come. It's going to come. And it's going to even freak you out. But it's going to come. It's going to come. And the world won't understand it. People around you won't understand it. But it's coming because a grateful heart accesses the heart of God. A grateful heart accesses the heart of God. Now, listen to this very, very carefully. The power of thankfulness philippians 4 6. passion translation don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing be saturated in prayer throughout each day i love that offering your faith-filled requests before god with overflowing gratitude overflowing gratitude overflowing gratitude i'm going to say it again overflowing gratitude What does that mean? That means you do not get into your car and say, I curse this thing in the name of Jesus. I want a new one. (laughs) Right? You don't don't complain. You don't murmur. You don't say, ah, this thing is so old and everybody's already got a phone. And why is my phone breaking? Why did they go on vacation? I can't go on vacation. That's That's what happens, right? I'm just being real with you. Especially when we open Facebook. Sometimes Facebook is the most depressing place you can be. Because you look at everybody's life, and the grass is greener in their life than it is in yours. They're like, they're in Hawaii. I'm stuck in Tulsa. Look at their car. Look at their Louis Vuitton purse. I've been praying for that one forever. Why do they have it and I don't have it? I'm telling you, sometimes I'm like, today is not a Facebook day. Today is not an Instagram day. You know, those are access points. That's strong. Those are access points. And the devil just kind of like goes, look at them and look at you. Look at them and look at you. They've got it, you don't. They've got it, you don't. I mean, but that's, that's the truth. That's the truth. Turn off Facebook. Don't look at it. Go to the Word. (laughs) Yeah, you can clap on that one. Yeah, Go to the Word. Go to the Word of God. Because in the Word of God, you are always going to find a grateful heart. And the Word of God will cause a supernatural transaction to happen between your heart and God's heart. And then you're like, God, I will worship you. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what happens. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Overflowing gratitude. You should be thanking God thousands of times and pray to Him only once. He's not deaf of hearing. If you're praying for something, you can say it. God, it says that you will bless me according to your riches and glory. This is my list. This is what I want yes and amen. And then you look at the list and you say, God, give me a car. God, give me a house. God, give me Louis Vuitton. God. No. You say, God, I thank you. I thank you that I'm the head and not the tail. I thank you that I'm above and not beneath. I thank you that I'm an overcomer and I walk in victory and the liberty of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is on the inside of me. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. I'm telling you, I was in a bad, bad day. And I was just like, I'm above and not beneath. I'm at, at first it's kind of like because your flesh is against it. But then you start singing. You start saying, say, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm an overcomer and I walk in victory. Full of faith, I have no fear. To him I will always draw near. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the spirit of the Lord is inside of me, I'm blessed, I'm
1: blessed, oh yes,
0: I'm blessed. Every day in every way, I can lift my hands and say. I started singing that and I got happy. And then I started saying, my house is blessed, my family is blessed, my health is blessed, my wealth is blessed, my church is blessed my city is god is blessed and my nation is blessed for in god i am blessed come on lift your hands and just receive it gratefulness overflowing gratitude will open up the heart of god so he can shower you with his blessing he can shower you with his blessing and that's what he wants he wants you to do and he wants you to think about it he wants you to meditate it on it because it says when you start doing this it says philippians 4 7 God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding, that transcends the deaths, that transcends the sickness, that transcends the emotional problems, will make answers known to you through Jesus Christ. When you start praying, when you start thanking God, something happens and peace comes. Peace comes. You're like, I know that I know that I know it's going to be okay. I know that you are with me. So it says, Philippians 4.8, So keep your thoughts continually fixed, say fixed, on all that is authentic and real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of Christ, praising him always. That's what the Samaritan did, and that's why he got his breakthrough. But there's something so powerful in this. And that's the fact. The word that is used when it talks about when it talks about him being made whole. Verse 19. Then Jesus said to the healed man lying at his feet, "Arise and go. It was your faith that brought you salvation and healing." Other translations say it was your faith that made you whole or that made you well. And here's what it means in Greek. Sozo. Properly delivered out of danger and into safety. Used principally, God rescuing believers from the penalty of the power of sin. So this guy, I mean, he got saved. His life is completely changed. And into his provisions, safety. Sozo. Everybody say sozo. That is the word that explains God's life on the inside of you. That is the word that explains wholeness. That the difference between a healing and being whole is, listen to me, guys. The lepers, the nine, they got healed, right? The leprosy left them, but the ear that the leprosy had taken was gone. The finger that the leprosy had taken was gone. The toe that the leprosy had taken was gone. The nose that the leprosy had taken was gone. Now, they got healed. The leprosy left him. Well, listen to this. The guy who came back with a grateful heart, it says that he was made whole. What does that mean? If he lost a nose, he got it back. If he lost an ear, he got it back. If he lost a toe, he got it back. If he lost a body part, he got it back. God is not interested in just healing you. God wants total restoration. God doesn't want you just to be blessed from paycheck to paycheck. God wants you to have financial freedom financial freedom. God does not just want the migraine to leave. He wants the migraine never to come again. God does not just want the cartilage or or you or you to start, you know, moving your leg, but he wants new cartilage to grow. God is interested in wholeness. And because of a grateful heart, this guy this guy got rocked. <laughs> Just imagine what awaits you. Just imagine what awaits you. Because honestly, I don't want you to get healed. I want you to get whole. You need to be whole. Rest. R-E-S-T. Let's say it all together. We all know it. Recovering. Every single thing. One more time. Rest. Recovering every single thing.